When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yup, the Cowboys and the Niners play this Sunday, but it's not the same game as it was back in week nine. And tonight, we'll get into why. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get to it. Here we go. What is up, everyone? And welcome into ABC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome on this Tuesday night. It is a good night to talk some Cowboys football. And since it is a Tuesday, we will have the one cool thing of the week at the end of the show. But before we do any of that, we're going to get into three things that have changed since the Cowboys played the Eagles back in week nine. Because in a way, it doesn't feel like that. It doesn't feel like it's a different ball game since these two teams are, you know, one is 10 and two, the other is nine and three. The last time that they faced each other, the conversation after the game was all about inches and what they meant for the game of football, basically. Uh, so we know that, hey, this, this might be another go at it, another tit-for-tat kind of game. But we do know that there are some changes. And whether or not that translates into another close score remains to be seen. But I do think it's important to go through some of those changes and some of those uh, key differences that we're going to see in Week 14 as opposed to week nine. Uh, having said all that, welcome into the show. Thank you so much for being here. Let me say hi very quickly. We've got Toxic Tom, we've got Holly, Katharina, we've got Joy Bella, Travis, and a lot more people here. We've got Joe, we've got uh, Mark. Who else am I missing? I'm missing some people here in the chat, but welcome everyone. Uh, Juan as well. Uh, thank you, everybody. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get right to it. My number one change for this game, and I am going to just break out this new sound effect that we'll be using here and there. Yeah, here we go. Number one change for me has to be the emergence of Brandon Cooks. I don't know if I have to remind you of this, but Brandon Cooks, the Eagles game, was the game that had us all pissed off about the usage of number three. Because in that game, he was targeted twice. He had one catch, and it was good for just seven yards. That was the game where we were all like, wait a minute, wait a minute. They're not using Brandon. They're not using him, and that's why we complained about it for an entire week until the week after that against the Giants. He ended up having nine catches and 173 yards. Now, we knew that was a little bit of a mirage because he was not going to be 
putting CityLand kind of numbers for the rest of the year on a weekly basis. But it was the breakout game for Brandon Cooks as a Dallas Cowboy. And what we enjoyed the most about that performance was the routes that the Cowboys were using with him. We started seeing way more, uh, way more crossers. We started seeing some benders, you know, the route that we talked about uh, when Skywalker Steel was on this show where he is basically running a crosser before he breaks towards the sideline out of nowhere. That's where they started using his speed horizontally, maybe, but also, uh, you know, vertically, but I'm not talking about like a go route type thing. I'm talking about those creative routes that we've seen with Brandon Cook since then. Uh, they all stemmed from the Eagles game. And that's going to matter when the Cowboys take on this Eagles team that has a very weak secondary. Now, you look at the rest of the games that Brandon Cooks has had, and I know some of these are not groundbreaking numbers, but he's had at least 40 yards in the last four games and at least three catches in all of those. You know, And he's has a, he has a 173-yard sprinkled in there. He has a 72-yard performance sprinkled in there. Since then, he scored three touchdowns in four games. So you're talking about number two wide receiver production, especially when you consider what Jake Ferguson has done too. Like he is getting involved, even though many others are also getting involved. That's going to matter on Sunday when suddenly Dak Prescott is not only looking for 88 and 87, he's also going to be looking for number three. I think that's one of the biggest changes of of this game. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to pause very quickly. And I'm going to shout out Toxic Tom because it seems like it's his birthday from what I'm seeing in the chat. So happy birthday to Toxic Tom. I swear, I swear, this is not a joke. The slot that I used for the here we go sound effect had the Mexican Mañanitas, the Mexican Mañanitas in it loaded before I replaced it with Dax. Here we go. So I, I would have been able to play the Mañanitas for you uh, toxic Tom. So I'm sorry about that. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, happy birthday to toxic. Appreciate you, man. You're one of the best followers that I've had here on primetime. You don't miss a single show. And I appreciate that. Uh, you could be rooting for a better baseball team. I'm not going to say otherwise, but shout out to you, man. El Rey David is Juan Gonzalez. That's right. That's how the Mañanitas go. Not, not about a single though. <laughs> not about a single though. Not this time. Uh, shout out to toxic. However, Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on. Let's get to not the number two thing that has changed. I'm going to cheat a little bit here, and I'm going to go with one point B. I've already talked about Brandon Cooks, but I also want to say just the entire revamped version of the Cowboys offense is an improved version from what we saw in week nine. And think about it this way. We've talked... So much, we've talked so much about how much this offense has changed since the bye week. We don't shut up about it. We're like, oh yeah, the Cowboys lost to the Niners in week five. That was back when the Cowboys were just basically doing quick game and running the football. We've talked so much about it. Well, when the Cowboys played the Eagles, we were just two games into the revamped version of the offense. Because it was week seven, we had a bye, and then week eight, the Cowboys played the Rams, 
And then by week nine, they were playing in Philly with a new version of their offense. And maybe new is not the word to use because I don't think it's like they changed the playbook entirely. They just started tapping into different stuff and they started doing much more of other things like three by one formations and bunch formations. We've talked about all that, but that was just the second game that the Cowboys were doing that. You look at the schedule very quickly. This is going to be the seventh game that the Cowboys are going to be doing that. So you have seen the improvements. You have seen a Cowboys offense that's grown more comfortable with what they're doing currently to the point that we are talking about Dak Prescott potentially winning MVP, being the odds-on favorite to win most valuable player in the NFL. And he's tied with Brock Purdy, I know, so he's not the only favorite. He's not standing alone in the MVP race. But you know what I mean. That's going to matter when this team phases again what is a very weak secondary. I don't know if you've seen some of these numbers, but the Eagles are actually a bottom bottom 12 defense in the league right now. And that's whether you're looking at numbers like EPA per play or whether you're looking at just like serious conversion rates. The, the Eagles just are incapable pretty much of forcing a three and out. That's what ha- that that's what has happened at least in the last few weeks. So, or this season actually, because that number is for the entire year. It's a concern for Philly. And I know that Darius Lay has somewhat of a name in the NFL space. And the same for guys like Bradbury and that safety, Kevin Byard. But they are not working well together. And I'm not sure that I could say that it's about scheme. Because I actually think that the Eagles scheme defensively is a pretty solid one. You know, they're playing a lot of match elements on their defense. They're using a lot of communication. But something is not clicking just now with their with their uh, defense. And I think that it doesn't match up well against the Cowboys on Sunday. And we'll see how that plays out. But I strongly believe all that. Uh, Let me read some of your comments very quickly, though. Thank you to Toxic again. And shout out to you, sir. Katharina says, let's all hit the like button as we are coming in. Please and thank you in advance. Shout out to Katharina doing the work, doing the work uh, right there in the chat. Isidro says, it looks like the team is embracing the Texas Coast offense and Dak's footwork is awesome. And it's really tough to know what the original version of the Texas Coast really was, right? Was it the quick game stuff or is it what we're seeing now after the bye? Anyway, we're going to remember it as a Texas Coast offense, right? By the time the season is over, we're all going to talk about the Texas Coast offense as the scheme that really unleashed. Dak Prescott and allowed him to have his best football of his career because this is it. This is the best football we've seen Dak Prescott play. And if he sustains it for a long period of time, not only for this season and the playoffs, but even like if we get to 2024 and he's doing the same, you know, with with the football, we're going to talk about McCarthy being locked in in Dallas for a long time and not in the hot seat or anything like that. By the way, I saw yesterday that there was a report about people in the NFL think that if the Cowboys don't go on a deep playoff run, they're going to fire Mike McCarthy. I don't think Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat right now. I I know that Cowboys fans want to see the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl. They want to see them go to the NFC Championship game, and they should want them to. 
but I'm not sure if you are in the hot seat when you are giving your quarterback the best football he's ever played. And Dak Prescott is really in that spot right now in his career. And they're going to negotiate a contract. I think that Dak Prescott is going to hit the 50 million mark, just like the recent quarterbacks have done. He might even be the highest paid when the when the pen hits the paper with Dak Prescott next year. But I don't think that Mike McCarthy is in the hot seat anymore. I know at the beginning of the year we were talking about McCarthy's future basically depending on a good playoff run. I'm not sure that is the case anymore. And some people might not like it, but I think that's just the reality of where we are at right now. Let's see here. Daniel says, yo, what's up to you, sir? Thank you for joining the show. Travis says, we are bidding the Eagles for sure. Toxic says, Mo, one thing that I have noticed uh, from 2022 to 2023 is the whole unit just flows better. Dak looks like he knows he has check downs with routes that make sense, focused on playmakers. I agree with that. I just, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed is something similar to that. Like with, with the Dak knowing about the check downs, I think, and somebody already mentioned his footwork. It's really just like he told us early in the season. And, and you know, maybe the offense and how it, it how it's being played has changed since the bye week. But you still see that comfort in him being like, one, two, three, it's time to run. One, two, three, it's time to run. And you're seeing this stretch of games. I know it just came to an end against the Seahawks. But we did see a stretch of games, a three-stretch, three-game stretch, excuse me, where he was not sacked, for example. I think we're seeing the best pocket movement and the best pocket poise that we've seen from Dak basically in his career. So I will agree with that with Toxic. And, you know, with the focus on the playmakers, I agree. We have never seen we had never seen the number one weapon be used like they're using CD right now. And that is one of the biggest flaws that we discussed about Kellen Moore when he was coordinating the Cowboys offense. We were like, hey, he needs to get the ball in the hands of CD or before in the hands of Amari Cooper. And the Cowboys, for some reason, didn't really quite figure that out. Mike McCarthy is figuring that out uh, right now with the Cowboys. So that is definitely right. That is definitely right. Ladies and gentlemen, moving on to the number two thing that has changed since the last time the Cowboys and the Eagles faced each other. Yeah, here we go. Give me angry Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard's season has been weird, man. And I'm not sure we are at a point where we could say the Cowboys are running the football the way that they want to run the football. I think there's still some advanced improvements to be made. But we've seen better games from Pollard overall in the last few games. And John Owning basically showed us why in a recent tweet that he put out where he said, since week 10, which happens to be right after the Eagles game, which happened in week nine. But since week 10, Tony Pollard has forced the third most missed tackles on run plays with 18 of them. Holy smokes, 18 missed tackles since week 10 is insane. And his fifth in rushing yards after contact in that same span. Uh, shout out to John Owning, who is also 
uh, always, excuse me, bringing the fire on Twitter. And this is a this is an interesting stat to look at. Have the Cowboys figured out the run game? Might be too early to tell. Bodies Pollard doing more than he was er earlier in the year. I think the answer to that is an unequivocally yes. And you look at the numbers, and again, maybe it's not that noticeable. He averaged just 3.4 yards per attempt against Seattle, and he had a similar day against the Giants. But he did have a 6.1 yard per attempt game against the Commanders. He was 5.1 versus the Panthers. So we're seeing some positive strides by Tony Pollard in the last few games, and that has to matter. Uh, if the Cowboys can run the ball on the Eagles, then it's just another way to attack their defense. Now, I wouldn't want them to approach this game in a let's feed Tony here for the for their entire first quarter. Let's establish the run. I sure hope they don't do any of that because the Cowboys were successful throwing the ball at the Eagles secondary back in week nine. And that's why Dak is right now in the MVP conversation because they've been successful at it all year long since the bye week. Uh, if the Cowboys come out there and they say, you know what, we're going to feed Tony Pollard, it's likely not going to work out the way that they want to because the Eagles, now that's their defensive strength. If you run at Jalen Carter, you run at that defensive line that is full of dogs, it's not going to work out. But if you throw to that secondary, it definitely might. Uh, that's what we've been seeing all year long. Uh, Mac Jones had 300 yards against the Eagles defense, by the way. So did Kirk Cousins. Sam Howell's best games have come against the Eagles secondary. So let's just put that out there. The Cowboys do not want to win this game by running the football, but it sure will help them. If they, if they When they want to run the ball, if they're doing it efficiently, if Pollard is breaking tackles, hey, it's going to be much better, and it might give the Cowboys an opportunity to close out the game uh, at one point, if, if it comes to that. Let's see here, ladies and gentlemen, some of your comments very quickly. Uh, Bit filthy, says Rex Morgan. I think we're all in the same uh, boat right now. Let's see here. We need to keep attacking the edges. It's toxic. Uh, San Francisco used Christian McCaffrey and ran at the Eagles defense events and could not stop it. And that could be an interesting matchup to watch, you know, because uh, that's definitely one of the ways that you can win ball games if you, if you can uh, attack the edges against the defense. David says TP needs to pick it up if he wants that money. Low-key, very intrigued about Pollard's future. Low-key, very intrigued. So I see where David Cowboy is coming from uh, right there. Now, Pollard is set to have a huge game against Philly. I don't mean it in, the, in a way of uh, he's going to go for over 100 yards or something like that. But I mean it because he also has a little bit to do with my number three thing that has changed since the last time that the Cowboys faced the Eagles. And this might be a little bit of cheating on my end, but I don't care. It's my show after all, so I'm going to cheat. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, Pollard in pass pro is important, man. Pollard is right now the fourth highest running back in PFF pass blocking grade. And again, a subjective number, but he has, he has had 70 opportunities to block in pass situations, and he has allowed only three pressures. Now, I've seen some people 
suggest that this is something that we never knew about Tony Pollard. And I'm not buying into that because even last year, Pollard was way better than Ezekiel Elliott in pass pro. And I know that we know Sick as this tyrant Smith of running backs when it comes to pass pro, uh, but he definitely saw a little bit of a decline in 2022. That is changing for, I mean, for maybe for him in 2023, I'm actually not aware, but for Pollard, He's just improving. We already knew some of the tools for him to be successful protecting Dak Prescott were there, but we're just seeing it at a heightened level now. And that has a lot to do with what Mike McCarthy asks of his running backs in this scheme. He's trying to get them involved in the pass pro pro situations, and he's talked about it since the offseason. Now, it's not that he's asking them to do it more often, is that he's asking asking them to do more stuff, whether that is getting into more complicated reads away from the direction that the offensive line is lighting towards, whether he's doing all of those details. Um, that's what the difference has been for the Cowboys this year, specifically with Pollard protecting. But why am I saying all this? Why am I saying all this? Ladies and gentlemen, my number three thing that has changed since the last time that the Cowboys and the Eagles faced each other is they know they know they know about Terrence Steele not being the guy to win this ball game against the Eagles in week nine he allowed 12 pressures he allowed four sacks and it was a little bit of everything for Steele it was Hassan Reddick pulling off the inside move on him. It was Brandon Graham beating him with a bull rush. It was Josh Sweat getting the best of him. Terrence Steele did not have fun against the Eagles in Week 9. And by the way, shout out to the man, the myth, the legend, Bob Storm. He actually tweeted this cut-up after the Eagles game back in November. Uh, So this cut-up is from him. Shout out to him. He's a... Former primetime guest, and I do recommend subscribing to his Substack because, man, I don't think there are columnists like he in in the sports industry, not just in the Cowboys industry. So I really respect his work. But anyways, back to the program. Terrence Steele, I don't know what the Cowboys are going to do about it on this game because there are several ways to go about it. Do either bank on what Mike McCarthy said after that game where he was like, it was just a bad game, right? Wasn't his best performance. Do you bet on Terrence Steele bouncing back on his own from that performance against Philly? Or do you decide to use much more help for him? Now, the Cowboys got into some looks in that game where they tried to help 78 out. But do you make it even more of an emphasis on this game? It's not easy because it's a balancing act, right? As a coaching staff, maybe you want to set the running back to his side to help out in protection, or you want to sprint out Dak Prescott in some situations, or you want to get the tight end to that side, et cetera. But you also need to balance predictability or you know unpredictability. You cannot do the same thing over and over and over again. I think the Cowboys might have some answers schematically. I think they might come prepared, better prepared to this game 
for that matchup. And maybe Steele himself is better just by playing better in his own, in one-on-one -on -one situations. But I would bet that the Cowboys are going to show some looks where they can get 78 some help. And, you know, the big thing about them right now is that they can leave 77 on an island on the other side and they can deal with the problems over at the right side. I'm not sure that it's super easy to just slide protect towards the right because of the dominance of guys like Jalen Carter, right? Not that easy to slide away from such a dominant defensive tackle. So let's just see what that chess match looks like on Sunday night because it's going to be a fun one. Now, that's one of the top priorities to monitor when the game starts next Sunday night. What is going on with Terran Steele and how is it going on? How are the Cowboys matching up against that just army of edge rushers that the Eagles have? Let's give them some credit for that. Again, it wasn't even that Hassan Reddick was exploiting one weakness from Terrence Steele. Pretty much everyone was doing everything against him. Wasn't pretty at all. Uh, can he bounce back from that? That's going to be huge. And Tony Pollard should be a big part of it, maybe, in pass pro, which is why I was bringing it up just uh, earlier. I think, and if you can see a common theme here on the show, all of the changes that we've gone through are offensive changes. And I don't know if you will agree with me on this, but I'm not sure there's a lot to be said regarding the defensive side of things for Dallas. I don't think that there's any of that. Like, sure, the Eagles are going to do what they do. It's it's their offense. They're going to run the football. They're going to use uh, the plus one advantage that they have with a running quarterback like Jalen Hurts. They're going to throw some bumps to Devonta Smith and some bumps to, to A.J. Brown. In some of them, they're going to get the better of you, right? Like the uh, De'Ron Bland was burned by Devonta Smith on a play in the end zone. That I mean, I, I'm not complaining about Bland's coverage on that one. It, it was just a great ball, and it was a great catch from Devonta Smith. That's the kind of things that they do. That's what they'll keep doing. If it's a short yardage situation, they're going to run the tush-push. They're going to do that, right? If they get to third and six, it's not like you're playing a real third and six. You're playing third and one type stuff, right? Because they have so many options. I don't have a lot of adjustments that I think we'll see. I mean, they're going to be tiny things, right? They're going to be more matchup type stuff. But I'm not sure that there's a big change that we've seen over the last weeks that I can put on this list. It's mostly offensive stuff. Getting your playmakers that are not CeeDee Lamb involved in the game like Brandon Cooks and Jake Ferguson. Uh, seeing a better improved version of Tony Pollard. Having a plan for Trent Steele. Now, the last one is key because even without Brandon Cooks being super involved, even with Tony Pollard, maybe like uh, if he has a, a, I mean, excuse me, like let's just draw, uh, walk it back to the number one point. Even with Brandon Cooks not being super involved in week nine, Dak Prescott and the passing offense had themselves a day in Philly. So, it was just the select plays where Trent Steele didn't give Dak Prescott a lot to work with that were very negative plays for the Cowboys, right? Especially four sacks. Those are drive killers. And you know that some of them came in key moments. 
scoring opportunities were wiped away because of Terrence Steele's and, and his pressures that he allowed. So I do think it's it's a huge one to watch. And I think that for the most part, the Cowboys offense had had a good day against Philly when they played each other back in, uh, in, in week nine. So let's just keep that in mind as we enter week 14. And it should be a fun game, ladies and gentlemen. Gregory says, I want to see, I want to see Chuck try to cover Ferguson. I had a, a fun article that I wrote for ADZ Sports today. You know, one of those just for fun type posts where I used the tweet from 2015 that Chuck Leonard used for to say that the Cowboys suck. And hey, maybe the Cowboys have a chance at, you know, showing him that he picked the wrong team. Now, I do agree with what we were talking about earlier in the week where we were trying to explain that Chuck likely signed with Philly not because of what fans think, like not because he thinks that he's going to win a Super Bowl ring with Philly. I mean, that's part of it. That's why he was choosing between contenders. But it's also that he probably understands that he has a better way or an easier way to get on the field with Philly that he does with the Cowboys. Because maybe he would have contributed a lot with Dallas on early downs, but you know that Marquise Bell and Damon Clark were not going to go anywhere as the starters of the defense. So looking forward to seeing how involved he is right from the get-go with Philly, because he's likely going to be on the field. They need him on the field. Honestly, that's a weak spot for Philly. But more than that, he's a player that is not like he is coming off from the couch into the football field. He has played nine games this season. He's ready to go. Maybe it's about the system and all those details, but I think they're going to find a way to get Shaq in the, in the, on the field now. So going to be a fun game. We're, we'll see how that goes. And you know that if the Cowboys do burn him, Cowboys Nation is going to have a blast, <laughs> whether it's his fault or not. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, before we get out of here, it is Tuesday. So that means that we do have the one cool thing of the week. For those of you who are new to the show, this is our feel-good segment where everybody shares a personal, professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be, your one cool thing of the week. Let me know in the chat what are you going with tonight. What is your one cool thing of the week? And in the meantime, let me ask you again to hit the like button for me. If you enjoy the show, uh, you always help me out with that thumbs up. It puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Let's see. Let's see. One cool thing of the week. Tom's birthday, says Mark Aaron. That is a good pick. That is a solid pick. Toxic Tom stole my one cool thing, though. <laughs> Toxic Tom stole mine. He says... GTA 6 trailer dropped. That was 100% gonna be mine. Uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, we got a trailer. I can't believe it, man. That took me back. It was a, it was a fun trailer as well. I, I saw a lot of Red Dead Redemption 2 vibes in that trailer, and I loved every single bit of it. So, uh, yeah, cannot believe that it's coming, on, uh, coming out until 2025. But I guess we'll manage. I'm going to have to buy a console, though, because it's not coming out at PC on launch. And it's only next gen. And I'll admit, I don't have a 
a next-gen console. I had a PS4, and then I moved to PC gaming, and now I need a, a Grand Theft Auto 6. Uh, I, need, I need something to run uh, Grand Theft Auto 6. I'm excited about that, though. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people are here on the show. My one cool thing is Katharina. Uh, I finished all my Christmas shopping. Thank God. I'm not there yet. I wish I was. Man, I, I know I'm letting... What is it? It's uh, December 5th. Damn, I need to hurry, though. I need to hurry. Mark Aaron says, Friday is my last day at my job. Bring on that severance package. Uh, Mark Aaron, it sounds like it's for the be- uh, for the best from what I'm seeing. You're using it on the one cool thing. So, I... I- think that's good news then shout out to you sir pc says taco salads for dinner tonight man kpi we would say in mexico you might know what that means joy bella says one cool thing it's michael's birthday today but dallas is beating Phillies. and joy bella uh let's see here travis says that thanks to a deer i totaled my truck but thanks to gap insurance jp insurance i don't have a vehicle payment anymore there you go, Travis. That's a that's a net win. That is a net win, ladies and gentlemen. House Nelson says Dallas Super Bowl or GTA 6, which happens first? That's a good question. That is a good question, man. Uh, gonna lean Dallas. Dallas winning the Super Bowl. I'm just kidding. Maybe a little bit biased, but there you go. Tommy says that his daughter's quinceañera is on Friday. Finally, it's gonna be over. Hope that you guys enjoy the quinces, Tommy. Always a fun time. Let's see here. Maybe not for the dad, though. <laughs> Always a fun time. Maybe not for the dad, though. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's Cowboys-Eagles week. I will see you again tomorrow night here in ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. As always, hit the like button for me, and I'll see you tomorrow, 8 p.m. Central. Thank you so much for tuning in and talking some Cowboys football with me. Check out adcsports.com slash Dallas for more Cowboys content. And I'll see you tomorrow. Muchas gracias. Bye-bye.